Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a lovely Sunday if you're listening to this in real time. If not, I hope you're having a lovely day, whatever day of the week it is. Um, So this week has been hectic. I've been super busy, which is great, um, but I definitely have burnt the candle at both ends this week and um, I actually recorded this podcast last weekend and I'm only just getting around to sorting it out like it's Saturday evening right now so it's been a week and um, I've definitely missed working on this so I'm glad to be back with another one. Um, I wanted to just chip in before I get into the episode just to say that I'm going to be talking a bit about my anorexia journey and my recovery in this podcast and and so I just wanted to kind of check in in the first instance and say if you need help I have put resources in the show notes and if you're affected by anything I talk about in this podcast please feel free to DM me or reach out to somebody in those show notes I'm not a men- I'm not a mental health professional so this is just my personal journey and I really hope that you find it helpful and it helps you in some way that is my main goal with this podcast is that it helps one of you so I'm going to stop rambling now but I just wanted to get that out like in the first you know few minutes just to say that if you are affected by anything I chat about in this podcast take a look at the show notes and there's plenty of resources there and there's a lot of people out there that can help you. So anyway, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, and yes, I will just get into it now. Hi everyone, welcome to the eighth episode of the SOS podcast. I'm your host Liv and in today's episode... I chat a bit about my experience with recovery from anorexia. I really hope that this helps at least one of you out there. And thank you so much for tuning in. So this week I am basically going to talk a bit about eating disorders and my own experience with anorexia um, because it's Eating Disorder Awareness Week and so kind of fitting. Um, And also... I'm at a place now where I feel like I can talk about it, which is quite nice. Um, I guess I'll start with like kind of when I started to go into recovery, which was about a year ago. And I um, was at a new job um, and I'd started working there for like, I was probably there for like two weeks because I was anxious about work and doing a really good job. I then was going to relapse with my anorexia because that was my way of gaining some sort of control. Um, and other, the sort of voices, not, I wouldn't say their voices, their sort of thoughts were coming back. They're like anorexic thoughts. Um, which I was, I noticed and I was like, Oh, I really don't want this to, I really don't want this way of life again. Like it just didn't serve me last time I used to do this like I don't want to do it but it just seemed to get worse and the the anxiety on top of the eating disorder was like they were feeding each other so the anxiety would come in which would then 
make me feel out of control and then my my anorexia it was almost like there was two people in my head and the anorexia was like oh come over to me I'll like sort you out it's fine we'll find some control in this situation it's all good I'm your best friend come use me and then the anxiety was like but you don't want to do that again because you could like die and um starving yourself is really bad and oh my god am I going to get really ill again and then the anorexia would come in again because the anxiety was making me feel awful and then it was just this massive cycle going round and round and I ended up being like really like just waking up and being like I don't know I'd I'd like be shaking I'd be like thinking oh god I don't want to eat breakfast but I should and just back and forth with my head and it was like exhausting so by the time I got to work at like nine I was already exhausted and mentally and emotionally I was just not okay um and my boss picked up on it um Mel who is really really supportive and still is to this day um and she was like are you okay because you just don't seem right like are you sure you're okay and obviously it was a new job so I was like oh god I like I need to say that I'm fine so I was like yeah yeah I'm fine and like got on with it for like another week and then it kept getting worse and I was like eating less and less and I was like oh I just can't do this so then she finally was like are you okay one day and I like basically just told her everything and said look I'm not okay I've had like an eating disorder on and off and she was the first person that I told other than like my boyfriend and like my a few of my friends knew and then my boyfriend's parents kind of knew so it was it was like that was the the only people that knew so then I felt like that was the first person that I'd like told because all the other people just kind of guessed um And I was like, oh, it was like a big deal. But I felt like a load of relief off my shoulders when I finally told somebody like, hey, I'm actually really suffering. (laughs) Like, this is not okay. I feel like absolute crap. And this is taking complete control over my life. I just was, I was just shocked that she was like, oh, like, what can I do to help? Like, what, what could I do? And then I was like, well, I don't actually know. I just know that I don't want to feel like this. And she was like, well, look for a therapist. And I'd tried so when I had my like first relapse so it it all came about when I was 15 and I struggled like not really knowing it was a thing back then I didn't really know about anorexia if I'm honest like I just knew that I didn't want to eat and that was about it so then 15 like 16 17 I was kind of suffering on my own then I got to uni and like there was a uni therapist there's usually um like a a college or uni counsellor that you can go to for free um and you had to be on a waiting list but I got on I had like 10 sessions over like I I couldn't have any more than 10 sessions but I could reapply afterwards if I didn't feel like I'd had enough and she was helpful um and like told me about outsourced you know like therapies like um she told me about BEAT which is like the massive one for eating disorders um but other than that like yeah it was it was more I was left to my own devices after that so I'd had that as my only sort of counselling or like I didn't know what to look for in a therapist I didn't know what I needed so I did a bit of research and obviously they're all they all cost money and I didn't have the money like to spend on that at the time so I was really really lucky in that respect that Mel was there to say look I'll I'm going to pay for it which I still can't believe she did really it's like mad to me that she spent 
that money on me. I'm always so thankful. I don't know how I can repay her, really. Um, But she was like, I can't, you can't work if you're not okay mentally. Like, you're, like, for you to work properly, you need to work with your brain. And if you're, if you're preoccupied with this anorexic thoughts all the time then you're not going to be able to work so I need to help you so she kind of saw it as like a physical like any sort of physical illness sort of thing so anyway to cut a long story short I did some research and then I um found like a therapist that was I'm trying to remember it was like a human it it began with like human humanistic or something or human I don't know, I need to, I should have researched this before I came on, but it was like a diff, it was like a different type of therapy where she didn't give any advice, and I think a lot of therapists can't give advice, but she didn't give any advice, she'd just sit and listen, um, which I did find helpful, but I was a bit like, after a while, I was a bit like, this isn't helping me anymore, this is just going over stuff, and I don't, I needed guidance, I needed somebody to be like, right, this isn't the right way of thinking, and this is, because when you're in an eating disorder, you don't have the mental capacity to realise that you can, there's another way of thinking because your mind is just constantly in that. So there's no other way of going about your day to day. That's the only, so if something stressful happens, that is what you go to. And then it becomes such a routine that that's just all you know. So I needed to relearn how to be around food, how to eat properly, like how to not feel guilty, how to not calorie count, how to go to a restaurant and not freak out if I don't know what's on the menu, all those sorts of things. No one is going to be able to teach me that if I'm if I'm just talking and they're listening. Like I needed someone to guide me and to almost like say this is the way that you need to be thinking about things. So I did that for like three months and I didn't really... I didn't really find it helpful, I'm going to be honest. I, I That just wasn't the type, right type of therapy for me, but it might be the right type of therapy for somebody else. But if you are looking for therapy and you're lucky enough to have the money to pay for it, then just try a few different therapies before you just think, oh, like before you give up on one. So if one doesn't work out, don't just take that as, oh no, therapy's not for me because it, there'll be someone out there that will be better, that's a different type. Oh, there's so many different types and basically um Mel was also seeing a therapist who was a CBD therapist CBT therapist which is cognitive behavior therapy and that is the thing that has brought me out of it and now I'm not going to say that I still don't have those thoughts occasionally and I think recovery people just ex- expect it to be 100% recovery and I would say that at the moment I am probably 90% recovered I don't think I'm fully recovered yet because I still think there's stuff that I am still learning. I've only been in recovery for a year, so I I don't know. But all I know is is that now when I notice a thought, an anorexic thought come like pop in, I'm like, okay, I I am I've recognised you, but I'm not going to use that. I'm going to use something better, and so it's still there, and it's just so built in that I have to you know, I have to just go, nope, not going to use that. I'm going to put that somewhere else for a bit, but I'm going to recognise it. My eating disorder was based around control. So I was trying to find control. So my way of finding control was, okay, well, I eat three meals every day, so I'll control them. And initially it was, I'll just control the amount I'm having. 
And then it was, I'm going to control the amount of weight I'm losing. And then it was, I'm going to control how much exercise I'm doing. And it just gradually accumulated. And like any addiction, because I do think it's an addiction, I have to say no. So when that urge comes in, I know it's a slippery slope. I can't just go, oh yeah, I'll just use it today and then not tomorrow. Like I know if I'm going to use it, that's back. I've stepped back into it and that's, I need to not. So and that's when relapses come in, obviously, which has happened to me a couple of times before. But what I basically did to get out of that cycle is now I notice it when it comes in and I say, okay, I'm obviously feeling out of control and life is hectic anyway and stuff is always going to feel out of control. But how can I gain some control or make myself feel better by not using this? So I'll notice it comes in and I'm like, okay, that's just a clue. I don't have to use it. It's not taking control over me. I'm just going to notice that as a clue that I'm not okay and I need to rein something back or maybe I'm a bit stressed about something or maybe I've got too much going on. And then I basically look at my week and it's usually something has triggered it, which will be, I've been super busy, haven't done any of my, you know, morning routine, which um, I need to make myself feel good. So like meditation and yoga and everything. I'm not in touch with myself enough and now this has popped in because I'm out I'm feeling out of control um and what cognitive behavior therapy did was it said okay you feel this so now you don't have to go straight to anorexia and use that there are so many other things that you can do before you get to that stage to make that less of an option or not even feel like an option anymore and then eventually over time it it won't even be a thought it will just be something of the past so that's gradually over the last year what I've got to and when you're in it so when I was really in my anorexia I thought I had full control over what I was doing so it made me feel better because I was like, oh no, I am controlling. When in actual fact, I was completely out of control because if I wanted to stop, I couldn't. So there was, I, the thing that I thought it would give me, it didn't, it did the opposite. So then I ended up noticing that after a while. So now if it's tempting, which it can be, if you've had, if you've been so used to going to a certain behavior before, then it's tempting to go back to it. So if I'm tempted, now I say, look, it is just disguised as something that's going, that you think is going to help you, when in actual fact, it's going to do the opposite, you're going to go, you're going to slip further and further away from yourself if you use it. Um, And then also free things that you can do that will help is I basically took myself away from the gym. So I just quit my gym membership because the calorie count on the machines was just too tempting so I I just got rid of that I actually took my social media off for a while because I was like this isn't helping like um comparisons and all sorts and the internet's quite a scary place if you're recovering from an eating disorder because there's a lot out there that's actually very it's quite damaging like there's celebrities that are promoting weight loss shakes and there's um people saying how to lose, there's like ads that come up, like how to lose so many pounds in a week because it's trendy to lose weight. Um, So if you're suffering from anorexia, 
in particular, that's quite um, a scary place. So I took my Instagram off for a bit. Um, And I did things like meditation, because I think when you've um, got an eating disorder, you spend a lot of time in your head anyway. So meditation probably doesn't sound very nice because you're already in your head a lot. So you're probably like, God, I don't want to think any more thoughts. But it's silencing it slightly if you can meditate and get yourself into a more calm state. Um, which is a good thing. So, like, meditation helped me. Um, taking myself away from social media, getting rid of my gym membership just for the time being. I really enjoy exercise, which is a really sad thing. And I think that's why I'm 90% recovered, because I still need to find a balance of not becoming obsessed and I'm just moving my body. And actually, yoga's really good because you're then you're very mindful when you do it and you feel like you're looking after your body and you're listening to it. Because what I used to do was go into a gym and think, right, I'm going to be on this exercise bike for an hour and I'm not going to listen to how my body feels. I'm just going to go for it, go for it, go for it, burn as many calories as I can in that short hour. I'm going to burn as much as I can. And it's like the worst thing to do. Your body's under so much pressure. I was exercising on no food. My heart rate was through the roof it's just not I just yeah it was dangerous um and yeah I think that's a bit of a gray area for me at the moment I'm trying to find a way to introduce movement more into my life without me becoming obsessed again um and obviously now I nourish my body with food I can exercise and probably feel very good about it so yeah I think that's one thing that's still a work in progress. But in terms of where I'm at in recovery now, um, compared to where I was, I think when you're in it, you don't feel like it's possible because your mind is in such chaos. And for me, I was just trying to grab onto any sort of control that I could with the food I was eating or not eating in this aspect. Um, That it felt like, actually I had no control over my future or what, you know, how I was going to move forward. I didn't know. I I couldn't work out how I was going to do that. But it is possible. And it it's all starts with you telling somebody. Until I told Mel and verbalised it, it was in my head and it made it, it was made to feel so much worse than what it was. I'm not saying that was like the wrong way of wording it. It was bad. But as in it telling somebody felt so much worse than what it actually turned out to be I was scared of being judged I was scared of being no one understanding um what I was going through and there will be some people that don't understand they're going to be like why don't you just eat something and I have come across that as well um but it's not that simple recovery isn't that simple it's different for everybody it's not linear you'll have times where you're feeling great on top of the world, you've got this in the bag, you've eaten, you know, what you're meant to and you feel great and then the next day you might lapse, you might not have breakfast and you might feel awful and you might be picking your body apart. That is fine, you just need to keep going. Know that it's not linear, it's different for everybody. Um, It might take one person years to get to recovery and it might take somebody else a year. Everybody is different and every journey is different. Um, and I just think if you're suffering, the first way to sort of get into recovery is to just speak, just talk to somebody. 
because especially with anorexia, it tells you to isolate yourself so that you can keep doing these behaviours. And until you break that cycle and say, no, I'm not going to listen to you, I'm going to tell somebody, you can't get better. You can't get better by yourself. You, you, it's you, it's ultimately you that gets yourself out of it and it's you that makes a decision, okay, I'm going to recover now. I, but you need people around you to help you and um, you need a good support system and there's plenty out there that can help you. Um, and I know that some of it is money and that isn't available to everybody, but there are some free services too. Um, and Beat is one of them. There's also an, there's like a online counselling for under 25s that are like, it's completely free and you can talk to someone at any time of the day. Um, you can go to your GP and get put on a waiting list. My experience with a GP wasn't ideal um I walked in and said look I know I'm not right and this is before I'd really even told anybody I know I'm not right and I'm quite scared about where this is going to end up like where I'm going to end up if I don't get help can you please help me she weighed me um told me my BMI was fine um at this point I was at my slimmest and I'm not going to share numbers because if there's anyone on here that's suffering, I don't want to give anybody any, you know, specific numbers. But I was at a very low number, way lower than what I should have been. I think BMI is actually, I, I'm a bit unsure about how that works because I definitely wasn't healthy. Um, and she basically said, you need to lose this and gave me a number to be admitted and I was like, but I don't want to be admitted. I want some help now. I don't want to be admitted to a hospital. I don't want to get that bad. I don't want to be an inpatient. I don't want to get to the point where I'm so skinny that I can't get myself out of it. I need to help now. She basically said, look, I can put you on the pill to bring your periods back because I had my periods for about eight months. And there's a leaflet. And that's all I can do for you now. And I understand that from the NHS's point of view... In terms of time, I get it. But I do think that there needs to be those initial signs. If someone... I wasn't even going in there saying, oh, my periods are, have gone, I don't know why. I went in there and said, I know I'm not okay, I'm not eating. Like, I gave her a definite, I know I have something wrong. I've looked on Google and I think I have this. And she came back and said, it was kind of discounting what I thought I had, um, which makes you feel like your struggle isn't valid. And so if that happens to you... Just know that you are valid. What you are feeling is very real and go to somebody else and keep going and talk to people and don't let that silence you because um, one person won't understand but there are tons of people out there that are going through the same thing as you and you're not alone. Um, I feel really, really strongly about that, that if you have a bad experience, just move past it. And I do think that now we're living in a time where on Instagram there are people that are recovering and that they're, they're posting, you know, where to get help. And I think that's amazing. But I do think there needs to be more conversation around, you know, if you go into a GP's office. It shocks me that our mental health and physical health are seen as separate things. It should just all be one criteria, like your health in general. Um, so I'd love that to be a thing. Maybe we should sign a petition to say that men maybe mental health shouldn't actually be a thing. It should just be health as a person, like... And it should all be as one. Your brain is part of your body. Um, and it, your mental health affects how you look physically 
and it has physical symptoms um and that's the biggest thing that i learned out of this whole thing is that your brain and your body are so connected and if one isn't working right then it you can't live you have to speak about it and sort it out and accept the help and i was lucky enough that i pulled myself out a few times and I know that there's some people out there that are very in it and it's very real and that doesn't feel like an option. Um, but I promise you it is. Recovery is so worth it. It is the biggest, like, it's worth all of the uncomfortable conversations I had to have. It's so worth it. Just feeling recovered in general. Um, and I still have days where I will look at my body and think, oh, maybe I should just lose some weight. And then I remember where I was 10 years ago and I think, hell no, am I going back there because I've got all this life to live and there's no way I'm letting anorexia come in and ruin that for me. Um, and it's it's been a journey and it will, it as I said, it's not linear. It's different for everybody. But just if you're listening to this and you're going through recovery yourself... Just know that all of you, every single one of you, is worthy of recovery. And I hope that you find the strength within yourself to just tell somebody. Because that's what it's about. Just tell one person. I really hope this helped. I felt like I just rambled for a good, like, few... I don't know how long I've been rambling for, like, half an hour. Um, And I really hope that this helped you in some way. Obviously, I'm not, um, you know... A mental health professional I'm talking from my own personal experience but if you've been affected by anything in this please dm me and I've got tons of resources to help you um there's tons of people that can help just please don't feel like you're alone in this um but anyway on that note you're all amazing you've all can you all can recover I believe that recovery is possible for everybody um and you are worth it I sound like a L'Oreal advert. (laughs) Have a nice Sunday. Bye, guys.